This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. It's no secret that finding good people in the trades right now is a challenge. Today's guest has some amazing technology to help us solve that. I'm your host, Ryan England, and I am here with the founder of XOI Technologies. If you've not heard of XOI and you are in the mechanical HVAC space, skilled trades, electrical, plumbing, I mean, these are the people that they are really revolutionizing the way they do business. You need to learn about XOI and you're going to learn about them today. You see, they started with a single goal in mind is to help contractors overcome the skilled trades gap. It's no secret that we've got this, as I said. And you know, that's something I am incredibly passionate about is not only helping contractors hire better people faster, but if we don't start bringing in the younger generation, we're never going to be able to solve this problem. XOI Technologies is the TikTok for the trades. And I want to welcome my guest today, Aaron Salo, to the show. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Ryan. Excited. Yeah, me too. So let's just jump right in. What is the biggest myth that you want to shatter for our listeners right now about your industry? That you should be afraid of your technicians when it comes to technology. That's the biggest myth I want to shatter on today's show. Yeah, you need to unpack that one for me right now. (laughs) Go a little bit deeper on that. So I think the nature of the skilled trades gap has a lot of owners and operators really concerned about driving new solutions into the workforce and walking on eggshells around their technician workforce because if we push them too hard, they'll just go to a competitor. They're willing Mm. to leave for a dollar more an hour. Uh, And I think what they're missing is, yes, most of the solutions in the last two decades have been put on technicians, but there are great solutions out there today that are built for technicians that also impact your top and bottom line. There's a way to solve both problems. And I think that is where operators can focus, really make a difference and kill that myth. Wow. That's great. So we're talking technology today. We're talking about retention today. We're talking about people and growing them and investing them, engaging them. We have a lot to talk about today, aren't we, Aaron? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it. So tell me a little bit about that. You founded a company called XOI and you help with breaking this myth, doing what you do, right? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a quick little 30 second version of that. Yeah. So we actually launched XOI with an explicit goal of solving the skilled trades gap. We did it with smart glasses. And so just I'll give you the 30 second version, which is we deployed thousands of smart glasses into field service, predominantly HVAC. We were all over ACHR, the news and had a big article and it was exciting. And we were way too cute and way too far ahead for what technicians really needed. We learned a big lesson. Giving a technician a $2,000 pair of smart glasses and saying, keep it charged, don't break it, treat it better than the rest of your tools was a lesson for us to say the least. I could tell you in a different podcast about the $100,000 blue machine we had to fix these things as they were getting thrown around. (laughs) But we learned a super important lesson, which is that the curb to curb space is super underserved. So this time where we were trying to equip these technicians with smart glasses is, hey, we can see what you see, hear what you hear, we can help you with your problems. It was clear that the office was missing sales quote information, safety information. The customer was inherently mysterious about what was happening in that curb-to-curb space. And so as we pivoted to smartphones and tablets, since we were a little ahead of the curve, we were able to do a whole lot more with the technology. And so when we talk about serving the tech, we've always had this ethos that says, look, if you can drive value for the technician, 
on a job-by-job basis and create continuous use cases versus episodic, then you can win in your business. And that's where I think that myth of being careful, it comes from a sense of, yeah, because the technology solutions we put on text over the last two decades have been put on them. Hey, we're going to track your cell phone. We're going to control your cell phone, track your GPS, make you fill out an FSM. Everything is about putting things on them to control their day versus what am I giving you to make your day better? And how am I winning as an owner operator as a result? And that's possible if you focus on that gap of time. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. A lot of great things in there. I can tell you're passionate about what you do. Just a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, it's easy when it's genuine, for sure. So you've been doing this for a while and you talk to a lot of owners and I'm sure you come up with resistance against them. I mean, that's why this myth exists. So Mm -hmm. what is it that holds these owners back from being able to say, you know what? You're right. I need to empower my people. I need to give them something to make their lives easier and I'll benefit Maybe not as quickly or as directly, but I will benefit as the owner. What's holding them back? What's keeping them thinking the old way? Yeah, I think that the nature of the growing skilled trades gap has people really nervous about their technician bases and saying, if if we put too much on them, they'll just find another job and Mm. they'll go somewhere else. And so we'll see if they like it. We'll see if it makes sense. And as anyone who's successfully deployed technology knows, change management's super hard. (laughs) There's no question especially for men and women that were hired to work with their hands. They look at technology as an extra thing that they have to do. And the reality is, again, the technology that's existed in large part has been kind of extra work. And so when you kind of drill into the actual things that a technician has to do on site and the things that are really pain the butt for them in terms of communication to the office and to the customer and the things they have to search and wait on hold for, all the things, you start to go, gosh, is there opportunities to make their lives better? But in pursuit of that, collect better information, understand the assets that we work on more effectively, try not to piss off the office as much as we do by not giving them asset information or good information from the field. And you start to understand that this really underserved part of time, you can accomplish all of those goals, create a great customer experience, make technicians life easier and connect better info back to the office all because it's wrapped around the asset, which the asset is the core of what we do in the field service, right? And so it is the thing that we are servicing, installing, break fixing, selling, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so those are the things that we try to wrap this all around. You know, I think a lot about what I do in helping these guys hire these techs and find these techs and everything else. And one of the first things we talk about is if you don't care about their day and what's going on in their world, they're not going to care about doing a great job for you or taking care of the customer. And I think everything you just said is about, hey, we want to help these guys. We want to empower them. We want to make their lives easier. And meeting them with technology they're used to, right? So connecting to their attention spans, which younger yeah. generation is a TikTok generation. Give me 15 to 20 seconds at a time and I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. And so if you're providing them a solution that is long in the tooth in terms of technology, it's totally different than everything they use as a consumer. It's not going to connect with them in a meaningful way. And so one of the things we do at XOI is kind of micro learning content on, on, on workflows. So step one, 20 second video, step two, wiring diagram, We give them bite-sized chunks of relevant information in the moment they need it because that's how these kids are used to consuming content in their world today. If I fired them off a 30-minute YouTube video and said, I think it's minute 14 somewhere, they're going, "Eh, sure, (laughs) I'll wait on hold of the buddy for a while. Or I'll post it in a Facebook group and I'll let a stranger help me, which is very common as well. Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that. So you mentioned that the modern workforce and the younger generation, and they're used to consuming content in those bite-sized chunks. 
how do we get the older generation? You know, those guys that are still got 10 or 15 years left of their career that are in here. How do you XOI help them adopt yeah, this? Them. Yeah. You know, it's funny when we train technicians, we've learned about, you know, different ways to frame our technology in a way that benefits them. And also, you know, the office and the customer and the really interesting thing about like taking content at every job site. This is, again, something that end customers are used to and everything they do. I always talk about a few years ago, I got a, my truck oil change at a Valvoline and this dude comes up with a video of the underside of my truck. And I'm like, immediately, I'm like, genius. Because what I used to have is a dude covered in tattoos. Of course, people can't see me and see that I am. So I get to make that joke. <laughs> Burning a heater going, you need $17,000 of work done. And you go, sure thing. Is oil change? Because I can be done. It's different when you see a video of your rear diff leaking and you realize that's a real problem. And that's the same transparency we're giving to folks. Now, in a technician's world and in a seasoned technician's world, that looks a little bit more like cover your butt. Mm. And seasoned technicians have gotten burned more than anybody on he said, she said games with the customer. And of course, as marketing, from marketing perspective, we're not going to put on our website, hey, cover your butt and show the customer <laughs> the wrong. That's not the intent. But when yeah. you're talking to a tech, they've got six stories that have happened in the last year. Oh, you left, you left screws in the ground. My wife ran over and with her SUV. She's got a hole in her tire now. Are you guys going to pay for this? Guy's like, I didn't leave screws on the ground. I didn't leave the pan off. You know, so the ability to be able to meet the tech to say, hey, you do great work. Shoot a 30-second video and show that it was done right. Give it to the customer. Be proactive so they never make that call in the first place. So it's about positioning. The contractor gets to give the customer a new deliverable. The technician gets to validate their work and not have those he said, he said she said moments. And then we're using data science to learn from those videos to give it back to the company and say, hey, that compressor tends to break a lot in that make model family X. You may want to consider buying different compressors, <laughs> right? And so there's, there is really a virtuous data cycle in this if you do it right, but it is about engaging the technician on the job every time. Wow. Yeah. And that was something you just reminded me of is the way your system works. And you said you were focused on the asset and having all the information about that asset. Uh, I think you told me one time, like someone could scan a serial number or something and know the service history of that unit, what worked, what yeah. didn't work. And not just that, but across everybody that's in your network. Is that right? And know like so that compressor is an issue. Yeah. So certainly for companies that choose to be part of that network, we're certainly not sharing companies' information broadly unless they choose. And I'll give you an example. We work with a large peer group that has 40 plus contractors in it. Uh, kind of 30 plus of them are customers of ours. They've opted into a knowledge share across North America because they want to understand that information and benchmark against it. And so certainly that's a company's you know, choice to do that. Sure. But when they do, it's really powerful. I certainly don't want to give the impression that we're sharing anyone's information. We aren't, but we can help you empower your own information. And if you're part of a peer group or an association, we certainly can make that that much more powerful. Yeah. And I didn't mean to imply that you were violating any privacy things, but definitely the fact that that's available. It's mm -hmm. an option to learn about this stuff. So as the owner, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, so I'm engaging my guys. They're getting to have this, like you said, I love the older generation, which is the generation I fit into, right? Like the CYA moment. I'm going to cover myself and say, look, I got the recording of it. Here's what it looked like before I left. <laughs> you're there three days later. It doesn't look the way I left it. Right. I yeah. love that idea. But you're also empowering these guys because you've got the training right there. They're able to pull up the information about the asset. They're not having to call the home office and wait. That kills me as a consumer. But I'm like, what are yes. you doing sitting outside on the curb? And they're like, oh, I'm waiting for the office to get back to me because I don't have this or I don't have that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How do you not have mm -hmm. that? And Am I paying for this? Yeah, right. exactly. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. So exactly I think right. it's really cool. I mean, your product, what you've done, I mean, it hits so many different angles of the business in the mechanical space. It's just, I think it's really cool. And you know, that was one thing I used to do a lot of digital marketing for guys in the HVAC space. And the thing that consumers always ran into is they can't see it, right? They can't see the problem. Air handlers in the attic or units up on the roof. They don't understand it. It's a box. It turns on, it makes noise and it makes me feel good inside. Or, you know, it helps with, you know, warming me, warming up the house or whatever. But you actually are solving that problem with these videos. And I actually worked with a client. I didn't even know this. We have a mutual client. And he told me that all these videos, I got like 11,000 videos of all these jobs we've been on. And he shows me something. I'm like, this is really cool. Like you share this stuff with your customers. So I love that it's about engaging with your people and giving them the tools, making life easier. But I bet customers love this stuff too. That yeah, fair? absolutely. I think no question. Customers have that visibility throughout other parts of their life, right? You sit, make the joke, you get more visibility on a Domino's pizza order than you do your $5,000 service call at your house, <laughs> you know? And so we're trying to provide that level. Plus it's, it's trust building. You boil down what XOI does. I've been fortunate to talk to hundreds and hundreds of owners and I've asked them the simple question, what's made you successful? You talk to these generational businesses that have been around for decades and decades and it all boils down to two answers. Trust and transparency, their reputation. Number two, their people and the knowledge that their people have. If yeah. you look at everything we've talked about so far, it's just expanding upon that core ethos that makes any field service business great. And there is not, I would, I've talked to enough to say confidently that there is not a field service business out there that doesn't value those two things significantly that has made it and done well. Yeah. If you don't care about your reputation, you don't care about the knowledge of your people, that's the core of who you are. So this is just about sharing more, being more transparent, taking that to another level, giving your people more tools to be more successful on site for the customer. When you look at it that way, talk about data science, AI, and all these buzzwords that people want to put in decks for investors. <laughs> it actually boils it down to not sound like snake oil, but something that's meaningful because it's really about building on those things that have made service businesses successful for the past 50 years. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Why do you think people don't do that? I mean, I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, this is a no brainer. If I'd be buying, if I needed it for my business, like yeah. what's holding people back? And I know that a lot of times as owners, one of the biggest struggles is getting out of our own way. Yeah. And I see a huge advantage here in not only being able to better serve the customer, make life easier for the office, but make a life a lot easier for the tech. Why do people not do this? Like what's really holding them back? We have a 100% close rate for eight, nine years. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, definitely. You know, I think, I think change management is a big one. Mm. You know, we used to make the mistake as a business where we thought we were being clever. We're like, hey, when you put your field service management solution in, right? Name the player out there that does it. There's a lot of them, very mature market. Who is involved? And we, it was our way of mapping the account. And what we realized we were doing is we were bringing up pain to the contractor because they were like, I had to get to hire an IT person. I had to do this. I had to do this. I had to do this. It took six, eight, nine, 12 months. And so I think a lot of times it is, this is change management is hard. Mm. And the reality of being able to put this in and again, back to the technician, back to kind of being careful. Gosh, we want to make sure this isn't painful. We deployed people. We deployed 150 techs all the way to 5,000 techs. Mm. And we can do that in a matter of weeks and on the bigger side, a few months, right? And so we've made this really simple. And I think that's part of the things we learned as a business is to make sure our customers understand how simple this is to deploy, how little we're asking for the tech and how much we're giving them, the customer in the office in exchange for that value. And I think that you know that's where we get pushback is change management and status quo. 
right? We already invested in some, this, this other FSM thing and we'll just do this thing. I think the reality, what they're finding out is that those systems are being left in the van. And the core of what they're doing the whole time, chicken scratch, make model cereal, chicken scratch parts information, type up, go back to the van and type out the thing my boss is making me type out so I can get paid. Yeah. And then the reality is the heart of our whole business is being ignored and the data that exists there is being ignored. Yeah. And yeah, and that's, I think that's a critical piece and that's where we, we see pushback. I think one thing that's worth mentioning about assets, when we talk about owning this file model, the EPA is putting new restrictions on folks every two years, right? January 1st, 2023, they're doing a major swap out in terms of SEER ratings, a bunch of parts are changing across every OEM. So not only do we have a skilled trades gap, we have the actual equipment changing as well. The reality is that contractors can control their own destiny by understanding that equipment, when it fails, what type of skill sets are needed to fix it, how it's failing, depending on environmental parallels and things like that. And that is things that distributors and OEMs don't have. They don't mm-hmm. have that information. They sell it to a distributor, sells it to a contractor, puts it in a homeowner's house, and they have sales information and warranty information, and that's it. So when you're talking as a contractor, how do I control my destiny moving forward? Well, I've got a skilled trades gap, I've got changing equipment. My ability to document that equipment in a consistent way, map my asset universe, the skills around those assets, that is massive bargaining chips for buying, for warranty support, for parts, to bringing in new talent into my business so I don't get disintermediated by the big players that are out there, the big roll-ups that are happening. Mm-hmm. This is the secret sauce for the next decade. If you own that piece and you own it by democratizing the data in it for your company, you will sustain yourself for the next decade. There's no question in my mind. God, my brain's running of all the implications and marketing and sales and everything else with this. But you know, my passion is the people. So I'm going to focus on them for a second. And I love what you said earlier about how the younger workforce, especially the new techs, which by the way, if you're in the trades right now and you don't start bringing in young techs, the guys that have been doing it for 20, 30 years, their backs aren't going to last much longer. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> we got to start bringing in the younger guys. And they were raised in technology. That's what they know. I mean, the guys that are entering the workforce now, or heck, even the guys that have been there for a decade, never saw a telephone with a cord outside of a TV show. They can't mm-hmm. believe that you had to stand in one place to be on the phone. And when you had to leave for an appointment, you had to hang up the phone. <laughs> And wait to start your conversation again. Like the simplest little things that we take for granted right now, this younger generation, is they're clueless to. They grew up with devices. They're in their hands. And so asking them to do something on their device is like second nature. It's like breathing to them. That's right. It really is. And, you know, we were talking briefly before the show, but, you know, gamification is a big thing that's coming out now. And I'm seeing this happen in the construction world. Like they're gamifying the use of cranes now just because they have to turn it into something that these kids are used to. Mm -hmm. You can't just rely on, well, that's the way we've always done it. So that's the way we're always going to do it. Yeah. And, and, you know, this younger generation doesn't, by the nature of how profit margins are shifting, how OEMs and distributors are changing behavior, rollups and consolidation that's happening. A lot of companies don't have the benefit of the mentor model, the the ghost model they used to have for quite some time where they could have, hey, young apprentice, just sit with an older guy for the next three years. They have to get these folks up and running. And so being able to invest in tools that allow them to be self-serve and diagnostic, I think that's one of the most important things that has become a trend out there that I think people should be weary of as well is kind of offshoring, if you will, your knowledge set. So there's a lot of, when, when something is free, you are the product. And yep. so when folks are providing free services, free knowledge, free expertise through live video call centers, whatever the case may be, 
you are offshoring that skill set, which is one of those two core ethos that we talked about. And so the ability, unless you believe in a world in which we are going to have all Uber style technicians, right? Where they're just all Uber-fied and they just go out and get sent and you don't know who's showing up to your house or commercial site, which that would be a whole nother podcast probably to talk through yeah. why that's problematic from a relationship and a trust perspective. Oh yeah. The ability for you to protect that knowledge and expertise is really important inside an organization. And I think that, and again, back to, to what they were able to do 20, 30 years ago, your ability to give that young technician, hey, this is an emphatic empirical data set that you can use to figure out history, diagnostics, support with this piece of equipment is going to be critical. You're going to hire younger talent. You're going to be able to get them more effective, more quickly. And so it's going to be a critical part of the the journey. I hear you talking about that. And I think about this and I get there's, there's change management. Nobody likes change. It's going to be a little difficult to get this going. But I think six months, 12 months from now, your team is used to it. And now they're Mm -hmm. thinking, you know what? This guy down the street's offering a dollar more an hour. And they call him up and they're like, what are you doing to make my life easier? Like, dude, I'm paying you a dollar more an hour, but it's paper. Mm -hmm. You're going to do it the old fashioned way. You're going to wait on hold. You're going to sit at the job site much longer. So these commission techs are like, are you nuts? I got to move quick. I just, once they're acclimated to it, once the software is in place and they're used to this, I think it's a huge retention tool. Yeah, we've been fortunate to work with some of the larger educational institutions across the country and believe that, you know, they believe in in partnering with us that the ability to give technicians this kind of tool in their training is going to be Mm. something that allows them to be able to be more effective once they go out in the world and either start their own business or work for someone that's out there by having these tools readily available. Because all this knowledge right now is locked in men and women's head across the country that are aging. It's between their ears. And the reality is we as an industry have not done a good job of centralizing that information, making it available. And there are companies out there that will centralize it for you and they will keep it, (laughs) right? (laughs) Or you can take an intentional step to keeping it yourself, owning it yourself and creating an asset for yourself. And that's what we hope to empower contractors to do. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So over at XOI, I still own all that Mm -hmm. information. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. That's cool. All right. So tell me a little bit more about XOI because I mean, I'm excited. I want to learn more. I'm sure some of our listeners want to learn more too. Tell me a little bit about uh, what they got to do to get started, how they get a hold of you. I think you've even got a free giveaway for those that are listening. Yeah. So you can always go to XOI.io and, and for folks that are a part of this Blue Collar Podcast Nation are able to get a free price analysis. Effectively, what that means is we're going to look at any process that's happening between the curbs. So anything from gathering asset information to your sales process, your safety process, how you interact and interface with customers. And we're going to say, hey, what are simple ways that we can use workflows to be able to impact dollar values there, to be able to sell more, get more at-bats for your tax? You mentioned commission tax, right? We see kind of 30% increase in the number of jobs that they actually quote because we make it super easy to take video content, tie it to the asset, and get it to the office seamlessly. So they're getting higher close rates as a result. So we do an analysis for you just to see what that looks like. We'll be the first to tell you like, hey, it doesn't make sense on paper or it does. And we'll look at the ROI with you and look for an opportunity to start with you to see if it makes sense over an initial kind of opening period of time. So that's what we're offering. We're excited to do that with you. We can do that in a quick 30, 45 minute call. We work with mechanical electrical plumbing contractors predominantly. And so a lot of expertise and, and hopefully can help you understand whether X, Y is a good fit or not. That's awesome. And we'll have the URL to that in the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're behind the windshield right now, because you're on the way to the job site, 
when you get back to the office, make sure you look it up and get connected there. Aaron, I think this has been great. I learned a ton. My brain is just churning. I'm sure some of our listeners are feeling the same way. Can't wait to learn more and check you out at XOI.io. Aaron, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by BlueCollarCulture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to BlueCollarCulture.com.